for 12-20-23, this is the Disorderly Show's TLDR News Roundup, reading you the news so you don't have to. And in no particular order, the EU is introducing stricter regulations for major pornography websites such as Pornhub, Xvideos, and Stripchat, in case you didn't know who those were, targeting these platforms with over 45 million monthly users within just the EU. Numbers seem small, don't it? These measures aim to enhance content moderation and age verification processes to ensure safer online environments. Non-compliance with these regulations could lead to significant penalties, including fines up to 6% of the company's global turnover. Now, that's actually great to see that the fine's actually going to be a percentage instead of just a flat fee, which means that no matter how much money the company makes, that percentage is going to grow with them instead of just a flat fee where at some point the company's just going to easily be able to afford it, kind of like a kind of like a rich person getting a speeding ticket they can afford the speeding ticket whereas somebody else who's del- who delivers pizzas can't so great to see that the eu commission will oversee the enforcement of these new rules focusing on the eradication of illegal content including child abuse material and deep fake pornography to protect users and uphold digital safety standards Animal shelters across the U.S. are facing a severe overcrowding crisis, largely driven by the rising cost of living and associated economic factors. Higher expenses related to pet care, coupled with growing housing insecurity, evictions, and pet ownership restrictions are leading to an influx of animals in shelters. In response, shelters and animal advocates are adopting various strategies to manage this growing population problem, These include expanding foster care programs, setting up pet food pantries, and organizing adoption events. Still in the U.S., there is a growing movement to embrace the indigenous translations on signs, a step aimed at promoting native languages and raising awareness about the history and presence of Native American communities. This initiative also touches on broader issues like land rights and discrimination. States like Wisconsin and Minnesota have begun installing dual-language signs in collaboration with Native nations, and the University of Maine has introduced similar signage around its campus, accompanied by a language pronunciation guide. However, in New Zealand, similar efforts to provide dual-language signs have met resistance from conservative groups who argue that these could potentially confuse or distract drivers. Well. Go with the one that you can understand. Michael Rines, I hope I pronounced that right, who spent 37 years in prison for a murder conviction from the 80s, has been released following the overturning of his conviction. His daughter, Michelle Miller, has expressed profound joy at having her father out of prison for the first time in her life, and what a time to be let out just before Christmas. What a gift. The decision to release Rines came after a re-evaluation of the case revealed that the evidence against him was notably weak, lacking DNA, fingerprints, or witness testimony directly linking him to the crime scene. And I'm sitting here thinking, how did he get convicted if none of those things were there? The Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has issued a temporary injunction preventing the Biden administration from removing razor wire fencing along the Texas-Mexico border. The decision follows a lawsuit filed by the state of Texas, which argues that the removal of the fencing is illegal. The court's ruling stipulates that the fence can only be removed in case of medical emergencies until a final decision is made by the appellate court. 
This razor wire fencing was initially installed as part of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's Border Security Initiative, Operation Lone Star, intended to discourage illegal border crossings. However, the presence of this fencing has led to injuries among migrants, including children, highlighting the contentious and dangerous nature of such border security measures. A Japanese court has ordered the governor of Okinawa to approve a revised plan for landfill work necessary for the relocation of a U.S. military base, a decision that comes amid strong opposition from local residents. This ruling enables the central government to move forward with the construction of the base, a project deemed strategically vital for the Japan-U.S. military alliance, particularly in the context of rising tensions with China. Japan's efforts to bolster its military presence in the region are also a part of this initiative. The new site is set to become a key facility for the Marine Corps and will host MV-22 Osprey aircraft. Although the governor of Okinawa retains the option to appeal this decision as it stands, the local government lacks the authority to stop the ongoing construction work. The Republican prosecutor in Sheboygan County is challenging a recent ruling that interpreted an 1849 Wisconsin abortion law advocating for a near-total ban on the procedure. This appeal seeks to overturn a 1994 decision which had restricted the scope of the 1849 law to feticide cases only, effectively allowing broader abortion services in Wisconsin. The New York City Council has approved a bill that effectively bans the use of solitary confinement in city jails, restricting the use of isolation to a maximum of four hours for inmates deemed an immediate risk of violence. This legislation has encountered opposition from the Correction Officers Benevolent Association and some conservative city council members who contend that the ban could lead to increased dangers within the jails. The move to end solitary confinement comes amidst growing concerns about its detrimental effects, which include a heightened risk of suicide, violence, and addiction, as well as exacerbating mental health issues that can impede successful reintegration into society. Ahead of the 2024 U.S. presidential election, Alphabet's Google has announced plans to limit election-related queries for its chatbot Bard and its search generative experience to curb misinformation risks. Similarly, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, is implementing restrictions on political campaigns and advertisers from using its generative AI advertising products. Additionally, Meta will mandate the disclosure of AI use in political ads on its platforms, Facebook and Instagram. These measures align with broader regulatory efforts, such as the European Union's new rules requiring big tech firms to clearly label political advertising and disclose details regarding payments and targeting information. At New York's LaGuardia Airport, a passenger from Arkansas was arrested after security personnel found 17 bullets concealed inside a disposable diaper during a routine security check. In a recent instance, TSA officers discovered a loaded gun and additional bullets hidden inside Nike sneakers. However, while guns are allowed in checked luggage, they are not permitted to be carried in shoes. Furthermore, in a separate event earlier in January, TSA officers intercepted bullets secreted inside a Mentos gum container at a security checkpoint, with the passenger involved claiming the bullets belonged to their son. Glenn Simmons, after spending nearly half a century in prison for a murder conviction, has been exonerated by an Oklahoma judge, marking him as the longest-serving inmate in the U.S. to be declared innocent. This landmark ruling renders Simmons eligible for compensation up to $175,000 for his wrongful conviction. That can't be just for the whole time. Really? 50 years and you get 170 grand? It's got to be like 170 grand times 50, right? At least? 
Come on, Oklahoma. Additionally, he also has the option to pursue a federal lawsuit against the Oklahoma City and its law enforcement agencies. Probably going to do that. Despite this significant legal victory, Simmons' current situation remains challenging. He is reliant on donations for his livelihood and is undergoing treatment for cancer. Damn. The compensation he is entitled to, while legally acknowledged, is shrouded in uncertainty and may take years to materialize, leaving him in a precarious financial and health situation. Toyota has announced a recall of approximately 1 million cars and SUVs in the U.S., citing a potential defect that could lead to the failure of passenger airbags. Don't drive with anybody, basically. This recall encompasses a range of Toyota and Lexus vehicles from the 2020 to 2022 model years, including popular models such as the Avalon, Camry, Highlander, RAV4, and Corolla. The issue stems from an improperly manufactured occupant classification system sensor, which poses a risk of airbags not deploying as intended during a crash. In a significant legal development, a jury has awarded $150 million to Georgia election workers Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss for the harm caused by defamatory statements made by Rudy Giuliani. The former election workers successfully enforced a $146 million judgment against Giuliani following his failure to respond to their lawsuit. Giuliani, known for making false claims about Freeman and Moss's roles in the 2020 election, has consistently declined to disclose his financial worth and has claimed to be experiencing financial difficulties. Despite these claims, the court's decision allows Freeman and Moss to begin the process of collecting the awarded sum from Giuliani immediately marking a notable victory in their pursuit of justice and accountability for the reputational damage they suffered. The Biden administration has engaged in a significant prisoner swap, releasing Alex Saab, that's S-A-A-B, a close ally of Venezuelan President Nicolas Moderno, in exchange for the freedom of jailed Americans. Saab, who was arrested in 2020 on a U.S. warrant for money laundering charges, has been freed from custody as part of this arrangement. In reciprocation, Venezuela has agreed to release some, if not all, of the approximately dozen U.S. citizens who are currently imprisoned in the country. A federal judge has issued a temporary injunction against the new California law that sought to prohibit the carrying of firearms in most public places, ruling that it infringes upon Second Amendment rights. Scheduled to take effect on January 1st, the law would have imposed restrictions on concealed carry in 26 different types of locations, including parks, churches, banks, and zoos. Former President Donald Trump is set to appear on North Carolina's 2024 primary ballot following the State Board of Elections' decision to dismiss a complaint that sought to disqualify him. The board voted 4-1 to one against the challenge, basing their decision on the absence of authority within state law to consider such a complaint. While this decision can still be appealed in state court, it currently clears a significant hurdle for Trump's candidacy in the primary. However, the ruling does not preclude the possibility of future challenges to his candidacy should he secure the Republican nomination for the general election. And finally, Major General Philip A. Stewart, a former commander of the 19th Air Force at Joint Base San Antonio, Texas, faces a court-martial for charges of sexual assault, extramarital sexual conduct, dereliction of duty, and conduct unbecoming an officer. This marks only the second time in U.S. Air Force history that a general officer has been formally charged with a sexual crime. Despite the judge from the Article 32 hearing recommending that the sexual assault charge be dropped and other charges be handed administratively, Lieutenant General Brian S. Robinson, commander of Air Education and Training Command, decided to refer all preferred charges to a court-martial. 
The allegations against Stewart include unprofessional conduct, assuming control of an aircraft after consuming alcohol, and engaging in a non-consensual sexual act near Altuas Air Force Base, Oklahoma. The decision for a court-martial comes despite Stewart's lawyer's claims of a usual practice of following the Article 32 officer's recommendations. Stewart's case follows that of Major General William Cooley, who was convicted in 2022 of abusive sexual contact in a court-martial, becoming the first-ever Air Force general to be convicted in such a proceeding. Stewart, who was commissioned in 1992 and has an extensive service record including over 600 hours of combat time, has been replaced by Major General Clark Quinn as the commander of the 19th Air Force. The date for Stewart's court-martial has not been set as of the latest reports. And that's been the news for 12-20-23 here on the Disorderly Show's TLDR News Roundup. Be sure to listen tomorrow for more updates and newsworthy things so that you can be smarter.